Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Are you looking for a podcast about the mysterious lightsaber rodeo? Well, then you must be thinking of another podcast. Good evening, Kelsey. Good evening, Robert. How are you today? My lawyer says I don't have to answer that question. I plead the fifth. (laughs) I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready for Black Friday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm ready for Black Friday. I got plans. What do you got plans for? Can't tell you. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I know the world listens, and I can't let anything slip. All right. This is mysterious. But I'm just hoping that I have things to unbox for you at the end of Black Friday. All right. Hell yeah. I'm fucking ready. I'm well, Black Friday will have happened by the time this releases, right? Yes. Yes. But I just have plans. I'm shooting my... My final shot for the year. I'm gonna okay. be done. Gonna be done with 2020 then. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we always open 2020. Mm-hmm. It does stupid shit. You know. Yep. So all of you guys will have already seen it because I've already posted stuff on uh, like Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But 2020, we lost. We lost a a very dear podcast member. Very special soul. A uh, little old toasty boy. Which, by the way, did you know this will be the first podcast that he's not here for? Oh, He legit was under this desk for, I believe this is what, 93? Yeah. So 92 episodes. That guy was right here under this very desk. Isn't that crazy to think about? That is crazy. Ugh. Like, oh, guy. Man. So, you know, I can't remember if it was just to you personally or if it was on the show, but I had, like, made the statement, 2020's not having him, right? Yeah, yeah. And 2020, it's just like, hold my beer, you know? Stupid shit. I'm but sorry, man. I know. Um, I mean, we were we were on borrowed time, you know? Like, we've been waiting it out. Since last year, ever since the tumor thing, so. Yeah. But, uh, it just got me thinking, and I'm not trying to make this, you know, a whole sad show. We got a good show planned, okay? Yep. Um, but it just got me thinking, um, I was just thinking about tragedy. Yeah. Right? And so I just wanted to kind of throw it out there for anybody that might be having something happen. Every life, every person experiences tragedy. Be it big, be it small. It could be as small as, I didn't get that job I wanted, right? Yeah. It could be as big as losing a loved one, you know? Right. Everybody has tragedy, no matter what. It is universal. If you are having a tragedy, don't think it's just you, that you're alone. It's the things we do to to surmount and, and, and get out of that feeling, 
that define us as what we're going to be, not that tragedy itself, you know? Yeah, well said. So I just wanted to let everybody know, if you were going through a tragedy, if you want to talk about it, tell us. Talk to us. We're here to help you guys through stuff too, you know? Yeah, we want to be that, you know, helpful force for you. We don't want you to go through stuff alone. So our inbox is always open for you. Exactly. So I was just thinking about it, you know, because you can get... You can get lost in that in that in that tragic feeling. Yes. You know? I mean, it's a it's a deep feeling. But like I said, it's the way you step out of it. There's always a way to step out of it. Try not to live in it, you know? Yeah. So that's all I had on that. Okay, well, rest in peace, little man. Yeah, love you, Toasty Boy. So that's what I had to start with. Good old 2020 news. You know how it goes. Um, can I take us into some better news to perhaps brighten your spirits? You can. Okay. <clears throat> I saw uh, the weirdest headline today. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I would I would crack one open for a little toasty man, but I I did not bring a beverage to crack open. I'm drinking a <gasps> well, then big old Diet Coke. I've been saving one. Ew, gross. <laughs> okay. Real quick. Uh-huh. You know how I was all about the Diet Coke, but it had the Splenda? Yeah. Maybe we can chalk that up to 2020 as well, because I've been trying to find it again. Unfindable. What? Not not around anymore. Like, they just stopped making it, or you just can't find it? I just can't find it. But I only had one place that I could, you know? Huh, okay. And I guess I, guess I quit buying it, so they were like, let's quit carrying it. But uh, I got a big old peach peace tea again. Okay. So, hang on, here we go. We're... We're not going to leave you guys crackless, okay? That's not <laughs> fucking happening. It's not what Yimtip does. Jeez, I can't get my finger under the tab. Here we go. Come on, you can do it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Woo, that was a good, like, whoops. I love it. That's some good spray. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so what you got? So this headline Can is... I click it? Don't click it yet. I want to read it okay, out loud okay, to you. Okay, okay, okay. so... <laughs> the headline is just, this is wild. And the first sentence of this article... A mysterious monolith has been discovered in a remote part of Utah Fuck. after being spotted by state employees counting sheep from a helicopter. <laughs> Isn't that the best sentence you've ever heard in your whole okay. life? Yeah, that took me a lot of places. <laughs> it's, a, it's a ride from beginning to end. Because so, I got go really and... scared about the monolith. So I'm gonna click I it know. Now. So go ahead and click on this link. It looks... Fuck, it's just as bad as I imagined. Yes, it looks precisely like a 2001 Space Odyssey monolith. Oh, no. And Dude, evolution is coming, man. We're about to step out of this earthly prison so. we have. <laughs> oh so, man, this this monolith is, uh, according to this article, roughly three meters high, which is what nine nine feet, ten feet. Okay, it's big. It looks like it looks. It's twice the size of this man that's standing next to it, and the video that accompanies this article is so funny. Like these dudes are just walking around it. Yeah, there's a little video okay. if you click on the link. And um, these dudes are just walking around and like, huh, monolith, cool. <laughs> and, and, like, and like, one of the dudes walks up to it and checks it out. And he's like, it goes straight down into the ground. Like this thing is, it's like a mirrored metal triangular monolith. And it just goes literally just straight down into the ground. They assume. Yeah, I'm staring at it now. Uh-huh. They assume that it's like an art installation. But like. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Like, and the, yeah. the 
the red rocks of Utah, you know? Like, just in this canyony area. It looks like some kind of, like, girder that fell out of some, like, plane or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, riding on it or anything. It's smooth. It's just yeah. a smooth, shiny metal thing. It's just going straight directly down into the ground. And it's so, so bizarre see, to me. That was the thing. So the article had me scared about, like, 2001 type shit, right? Like, it's time to evolve yeah. to a question of, why are we counting sheep from a helicopter? I know! That's what I want to know. And the article Don't you doesn't have, address it. Uh, what are they called? Like, don't you I don't have know, shepherds sheep. for that? <laughs> Isn't that their shepherds? whole job? Yeah, that's the job. Yeah, so... <laughs> Like, I, w- I don't plus, know why they're counting plus, sheep from a helicopter. You don't want to be counting sheep from a helicopter. You'll fall, fall asleep, asleep and crash. <laughs> this is awful. It's terrible. This is a fantastic article. Thank you for this. You're welcome. I saw it, it and I was like, this is the best thing I've seen all year and I need to share it with the people. But I am really scared about this like evolution thing now. I know. Yeah, my heart has been palpitating about it. Because so. in case you have not seen 2001 A Space odyssey because kelsey told you not to see it which is rude (laughs) um every time the monolith appears mankind takes like another evolutionary step yep so maybe it's time man i mean shit why not why not what else can 2020 bring on us why fucking not like yeah it's like well we put you through the ringer it's time to it's time to step out the other side i guess if there was a year for it this is the one oh man well, speaking of shit like that, uh huh. 2020 had a really good thing uh, last week. Okay. Kelsey, are you watching Animaniacs yet? Not yet, but oh man, I, it's on my list for certain. I was telling Richard about it today because <sighs> we both grew up loving Animaniacs, and okay. I've heard nothing but good things about the reboot. Oh, I'm watching it. Are you? It's so good. Good. If you don't get to it yet... If there's any way you can, you need to watch Bun Control. Bun Control? Yes. Okay. I, like, want to tell you what it's about. It sounds like it's about gun control, if I had to take a stab at it. It sure is. Like, 100%. (laughs) Okay. But, like, you don't know that going into it. And then at the end of the show, they kind of basically lay it out, right? Okay, yeah. So is the allegory, like, pretty thinly veiled, or...? I mean, yeah, but if you watch it specifically knowing that's what it is, you're just like, wow. Like, for (laughs) real, no holding back what they're trying to say. All right. It's so good. It is one of the better episodes thus far. Good. It's so funny. Like, we've watched it, like five times the whole season dropped at once right like they were just like Have oh it. yeah oh yeah it's, it's all there i i've been watching it every night that's amazing yeah, like two I to three shows a night want to watch it tonight i i have a gripe okay i'm sorry because i know there's tons of people on our twitter that like friends of the podcast that are like all into it right now yeah but i know you have the same complaint don't lie okay my complaint is it's animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. But that's it. Oh, really? Like, every episode so far is one, uh, so, you know, usually it's like 15 minutes per, like, like sketch, you know? Yeah. They do, like, half the shows, Animaniacs, and then the other half is Pinky and the Brain. 
They don't have like the pigeons or for every single show. Slapping no, they got swirl. no, they got nobody else so wow. far. And me and Taylor both were all like, I mean, we like Pinky in the Brain, but like, we're done. <laughs> like, I don't really want to see another Pinky in the Brain every show. Yeah. You know? Fucking just give me two Animaniacs ones back to back. I'd be good with that. Yeah. But I think it was around episode six or seven that I got to. They finally broke that formula. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. But it's not like they brought back another old one. Do they have educational songs? Because that was like Richard's main draw. <sighs> they made a joke about doing one, and then they got in. That was actually in Bun Control. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was about to sing something educational, but got interrupted by, by the Bun guy. Uh, okay. Um, so far, no. I'm sorry. No. Well, damn. There are songs, but so far they haven't been, like, true. One of them kind of was. Dot does one about women getting the right to vote and just getting oh, nice. rights, in ge- rights in general, but then it turns into a parody of itself. Okay. Because... It's, like, about women getting the right to vote, and then she's all like, but actually, we're already there. But wait a minute. I don't get to vote, because I'm a cartoon, so then it becomes give cartoons the right to vote. <laughs> okay. Kind of thing. So, like, there's some, like, suffrage stuff in there to start with. Yeah. But but then it kind of morphed into that. Interesting. It's so, so it's not, like, purely, like, oh, here's state capitals, here's, you know, all the countries of the of of the world you know yeah i was thinking about that today because the last time they released a countries of the world that was it's got to be like 25 years old by now yeah so there's there's more countries um, and, less, and less countries so rob paulson who voices yakko uh-huh who by the way did that song on his first take what i want you to understand that he did the countries of the world in one take on the first try holy shit love that man that's amazing um in he he got real big on like tiktok and other stuff kind of i guess in preparation for the show to come back out yeah he did an updated one but it was like on tiktok okay and it was pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) he's the coolest man i would love to meet him rob paulson somehow you're you're hearing this show right now I love you. Please talk to me. I just want to talk to you. You're you're awesome. Yeah, come on the show, Rob Paulson. What are you, you are, waiting for? You are fucking two <laughs> two two different Ninja Turtles from both shows. What? Yeah, he was Raphael in the first show and Donatello in the new 2012 one. That's awesome. He is the coolest man. You are awesome, sir. I would love to just talk to you about how awesome you are. <laughs> Like, I, I would just shower you with praises for a whole hour. I don't even care. Yeah. But, uh, Animaniacs. For real, put it on the fucking calendar. It's great. Um, I think you're gonna love it by the theme song alone. Because it is a new theme song. Oh, what? So, it starts off the exact same for the first half. Yeah. And then they, like, put in new stuff. Okay. And one of the lines is how they are gender neutral uh full of diversity like all this other stuff like they're they're really hitting the times now and they're doing it perfect awesome and it's all the original voice actors right like everybody came back everybody that is so cool it is crazy everybody 
I love that. Pinky and the... Like, even Brain's the same dude. Man. It, I, I mean, it's like watching the the same show just, just, just happening today. You know what's wild to me is when, like, a distinct cartoon voice, the actor can still do that voice, like, 20 years later. Like, yeah. you can ju- you access that, like, piece of you, I guess. I mean, like, you can kind of hear that they don't sound quite the same. Yeah. You know, like, they but just sound a little expected. older. Yeah. But, I mean, it ju- it just works. Kelsey, it works so good. I mean, it is, it is like perfect TV for me right now. Okay, good. They're doing it right. And in the opening theme song, they sign a contract for two seasons, so what? I'm expecting another one. Here we go. Uh, so, yeah, get that on the docket, but if you can somehow watch Bun Control, in case you're not going to start the show right now, you need to watch Bun Control alone. Okay. It's the best. And I only understand part of it because of a stand-up that we just watched. Because of a what? A, a, a stand-up comedian that we just watched. Oh, okay. On Netflix. He's from Australia, and he was talking about gun control with Australia. Yeah. And they clearly referenced how Australia handled gun control in Smoothly the show. and swiftly. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I only understand that because I watched this one dude like two days ago. Perfect timing. <laughs> See, it's shit like that that really gives me the Truman Show vibes. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, get on that right now. All right. So I guess we're here for the meat and potatoes now. Here we go. Time to sit down to the main course. It's game award time, baby. It's game award time. So if you guys remember last year around this time, we did a big show where we brought broke down big one. the big game awards. Um, are they the same one of categories this year? I don't know. I haven't looked at them. I've so, only seen game of the year thus far. Because it's a pandemic, I know that they kind of had to like pare down the presentation of the game awards, right? Because normally it's a full Something ceremony. Like oh yeah. It's like it's like a packed theater. Yeah. So I assume they're gonna be doing a socially distanced version of that, probably on I don't know, if I had to guess Twitch. Do they let me before I go announcing things that are not happening, let me go to the gameawards.com and Yeah, well it says watch right here. Now Jeff Keeley has promised a very unique way to do it. Okay. It says live platforms. I we got Jeff YouTube, Keeley. Twitch. It's going to be everywhere. Okay. Yeah. The title says Los Angeles, London, and Tokyo. So I assume they're broadcasting live from each of those locations, perhaps? I guess so. Um, but yeah, it's hosted every year by Jeff Keighley. This year it is December 10th. So not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Yes. I will be watching it on YouTube. It says it will be live in 4K. Okay, sweet. So I guess I'm doing it on YouTube. Uh, and then we got Air Times. Um, it will be... I mean, I guess it says it's going to start at 5.30 uh, Central Time, I guess. Okay. Damn, that's early. I like won't even be home yet, probably. <laughs> I'm going to miss the beginning. Well, damn. But, uh, I'm sure it's going to be streamable. Like, you can watch it back. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Keeley was handling the Summer Games announcement stuff. Uh-huh. All from home. I mean, I think he's he's going to do... Yeah, they're definitely going to be probably everyone from home. But he's going to work this out to be good. Yes, I'm excited for it. 
Last year, we made a bet. Yes. I feel like we must continue. Yes. Okay. Man, I had a good one. So you've thought about your end of the bet? So last year, it was um, if I won, we would play Baba is You. Yeah. Which is what happened. And then if I, I won, we were going to stream uh, Them's Fighting Herds. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Which I've still never played. Really? Yeah, not yet. Okay. Um, so this year, I'm going to I'm gonna think on it because I don't know yet. Maybe maybe one of the games that we go through. I mean, I was going to make you, like, eat something. What? Yeah, I was going to be real, real mean. No! It's going to be something do we that. do together. Okay, fine. Um, eat bugs. So we'll have to think of, I guess, something that we can stream like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a game that, like, I've been wanting to, like, play like that, though. I don't really have any that are, like, shorter. It is, like, suddenly storming here. Do you hear that? Yeah, I do. Wow. Ooh, excuse me. I, like, had, like, a half burp at the same time. I was like, yeah, ooh. It's just a whole storm of burps and actual storm here. Yeah, we may have to announce this on Twitter or something, because we don't have anything right now. Yeah, so uh, this is going to air almost, like, what? Okay, this is airing on the 30th, so, like, a... Yeah. Almost a full two weeks before the actual game awards. So, if you guys have any idea for what you would like to see us do, if one or the other loses, let us know. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, so should we um, dig into it? I, I'm ready because I want to know. Okay. I I only know the game of the year stuff so, so far. Yes. So we're just gonna at the game awards website. If you would like to, you can vote yourself, which. I don't understand why we are able to vote because we don't pick the winners. So I don't understand. Yeah, I I think it's going to be something like popular vote versus electoral college vote because like I, just to show it to us though. Just because... to show it, I'm not sure. Like okay. this is what the people wanted, but this is what actually won. Okay, who knows? I mean, I mean that's cool, but I just was like, why why can I vote? So I'm going to vote as we go along too. Okay, you got to write okay. down my picks for me. Oh yeah. Keep it all together in a big old Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, so I have Excel now, which is great, because I was doing it on, like, a notepad last time. Yeah, that's messy. <laughs> and not notepad, like, pen and paper. That would have been easier. <laughs> like, <laughs> like notepad on your computer in oh a God. text file. It was awful. That's too much. Yeah. Okay, so, <clears throat> we have Game of the Year. So... Last year, I believe, we did all the categories, and then we came back to Game of the Year. Do you want to do it the same way this year? Sure. Okay. Next up, we got Game Direction. So, Best Game Direction is awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction and Design. Okay. So, are we doing just who we want to win, or who we think will win? We can do both if you want. I We should have a final a final vote on it, though. Well, I think who will win would would be our final vote. Okay. So, who will win Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just hands down, it's yeah. going to be Ghost of Tsushima. I was actually thinking the same thing. Like, just the way people are about it. So, the, the nominees for this category, we have the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades... Half-Life Alex and The Last of Us Part 2. Okay, I want it to be Hades, though. I haven't played Hades yet, but I really want to. Okay, 
I've been watching that game for like two years. What? Because it's been in early access for that long. Like, okay. It's been it's been at, like I could have bought it like two years ago. Damn. And 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 just been playing it like as it went along because it launched when the Epic Games launcher did. So whenever that started. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It looks it. It's a beautiful game, and I have looked into the actual like mechanics of it. So it's basically yeah. whenever you. You get in there, you have your character, you have your build, and you it's a its a dungeon crawler, if I'm understanding right? Uh, they call it a ro- Well, shit. I think it's I think it's a roguelike. Yeah. Because the deal is, when you die, you always go back to the beginning, but you still are progressing, even though you've died. Yes. So, yeah. you, you're running, basically, a randomly generated dungeon each time, but the more you die, the more, like, buffs you get, and the more story you get. Yeah, like, there's people that will make fun of you for how many times you've died and stuff. They're <laughs> okay. like, oh, back again? I see you didn't make it out. You suck. <laughs> like, it just is always reminding you that you are moving forward. It's not okay. letting you think, oh, maybe I'm in some loop that I can't get out of, you know? Yeah. I've been so about Hades for the longest time, and I think I'm going to buy it for Black Friday. Oh, nice. Okay. Because I have always wanted it. <clears throat> But I'm torn, because I kind of want it on the Switch, so I can play it anywhere. Yeah. But I want to play it pretty, so I want to get it on, like, the PlayStation. Well, it's Black Friday. Splurge. Get it on both. I know. Why not? Yeah. I mean, everyone talks about Ghost of Tsushima so much. And I... people talk about how pretty it is, because, you know, in just, like, feudal Japan. Right. It's got, like, the beautiful, like, leaves and the flowing fields. Like, everyone, everyone just likes that game. Yes. So... Yeah, we agree, 100%. Yep. Best narrative. Okay, so for this one we have okay. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Last of Us Part Two. So this is for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Yes. See, I have, I have conflicting thoughts on this one. <laughs> so... The Final Fantasy VII Remake, I don't... that Okay, so that game was like a masterclass okay. when it first came out. As like, this, this is how you tell a story in a game. Yeah. But I don't think that it's been changed, has it? Yes, it has. Has it? Like, like they legit, right there at the end, pull the rug out and you go, Oh, I'm not even playing the same game now. They like flip it on its head? So, from what I understood... I mean, spoilers, people, but, I mean, it's if part you one of a game, know. kind of, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aerith does not die. Well, I mean, they haven't even made it out of Midgar yet. Well, by the way this is going, she's probably not going to. Okay. Because what happens is Sephiroth, at the end of this game, from what I understand, understands that this story has already happened. And creates a new dimension to try to change the way things have have come from the story as he knows it. Interesting. Okay. So, like, he knows what the story for Final Fantasy VII is, so now he's trying to create a different story now. Ooh, meta. Yeah, so, like, it it understands that it that it is events that have happened. Okay, that's unique. That is unique, and that's why I'm like, that's a cool narrative. Yeah. You know? So um, it's putting it up up there for me yeah that's definitely up there i have no idea what 13 sentinels is do you no i have okay. no idea i'm skipping over that one <laughs> ghost of tsushima again i have heard so much about it but i haven't actually played it it seems like it's got a good narrative i mean i guess 
it's it's an open world game, and to me, an open right. world game isn't going to have like the best story. You know? Yeah, so that's that's because you can do whatever. World games, like it's yeah. Skyrim. You know, you can collect cheese. That's your that's your story if you want. Yeah. Um, and then we just talked about Hades. Hades is cool. Like, I would like it to be The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I really would because I know you I, would. <laughs> Well, I think they did something that nobody would be willing to do. Yes, so it's nobody is willing to tell that story. It's definitely innovative in the way that it told that story, and I think, yeah. I think I'm proud of the studio for trying what they did, but they did suffer for it because they did. It was so not well received among the community for whatever reason. So. I'm going to give it to Hades. I am too. Because <laughs> I think they're going to throw us for a loop. Yeah. Okay, fine. Good, man. We're like on the on like the same wavelength here today. We really are. I feel like we're going to have um, some similar thoughts, but I feel like... I, I know there's some we're going to... Uh... We're going to diverge. Yeah. Okay. Now we're in best art direction. Okay, here we go. So this is for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Yes. So our nominees here, we have the Final Fantasy VII Remake again, Ghost of Tsushima again, Hades again, The Last of Us Part Two again, which you guys will start to see a pattern forming oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> and then for our fifth slot, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. That game is gorgeous. It's really, really pretty. I've not played any of it, but I've seen yeah. gameplay and I've seen screenshots, and my god, so, it's beautiful. I'm just going to go ahead and open this up. I have played virtually no games this year, yeah. so I doubt I've played any of the games that are up. Because so far, out of all the categories we've done, I've played The Last of Us Part Two, and that is it. Right. I haven't... I mean, I, I watched parts of Final Fantasy Seven from Richard. I have watched the end of the last of us part two played by yeah. you i i haven't played a lot of video games this year i feel like last year i was really really hitting everything in the categories yeah. like i recognize oh, all yeah. of them but this year i'm just like i have i have no idea what half of these games are so here's my thing it's talking about animation but i know they're not talking like the way the characters move yeah you know? they're talking about technical achievement probably is what i'm that's how i'm reading it because i would say the last was part two because they have they like developed a whole engine that would blur that would like blend different animations together so that you always felt smooth and like in the world yeah but i don't think they mean that i think they mean like animation like how does it like look overall which you know? one of these games is the prettiest this is I so think, hard i really think they'll do ghost of tsushima really okay i i do because... so we're gonna have a different answer on this one because i'm between three of them right now <laughs> like here's the thing you know how we said the last of us just looks it just looks like there it is it's yeah there. it's, it's like watching a movie there to me, that's just real. Like, that's not animation to them. Like, it's yeah. not, like, standing off the page now, you know? Like, it just looks good. Yeah. So I don't think they'll pick that. Whereas Ghost is very stylized. Like, you know, they, like, it looks real, but everything has, like, there's, like, a color palette to show off certain things, like where to go in the world, and that's an art direction, you know? Okay. And that's why I'm going with that one. Um, so I really want to see, like, 
a stylistic game win this. I would love to see Hades or Ori and the Will of the Wisps mm-hmm. get this one because the art style for Hades, my God, I have looked at each of these characters and they're all designed so uniquely Isn't and incredibly so cool. They're so cool. They have a different personality for each one of these guys and it's just addictive to page through the art. Um, Ori is so, it's, it's such a unique look about this game. The depth of the animations is really impressive. Oh yeah. But I just think that the industry is going to give it, uh, I can't decide. I'm so between it. So I, I really think that they're going to give it to Final Fantasy on this one because I, I watched so many things on the development of this game because it took them so long to develop, you know? Yeah. And just, like, the the layers of shit that they go through just to design Midgar and to recreate a game that was essentially, like, four polygons and make it look somehow exactly like everybody pictured that it would look. Yeah. I think that it's a, an outstanding achievement. So, yes, I will go with Final Fantasy. Okay. I mean, I can't fault you. I mean, that does make sense. So now we're in best score. Yes. So this is for outstanding music inclusive of the score, an original song, and or having a licensed soundtrack. Okay. And Which is why I went with um, Death Stranding last time. Like, he just compiled so many yeah. good songs together, you know? Right. Did he end up winning that last time, Death Stranding? I think it did. I think so, too. Um, so, so this the- one... The nominees for this category, we've got, again, Final Fantasy VII, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, The Last of Us Part Two, and Doom Eternal. Last of Us Part Two, Good music. I really uh-huh. like it. Same as Part One. Okay. And none of the songs really stood out. Like, like, like the one that stood out to me was the theme song again. Yeah. So I was like, meh. Ori's okay. Hades, I don't know. I really haven't heard the music from. I have not listened to music from either Hades or Ori. Yeah, Final Fantasy, it's already award-winning music. Like, it's music we know. Yeah, and they actually, like, went through and remastered everything, and it sounds just crispy clean, well, brand new. I think, new. like, now it's orchestrated. Like, it's yes. fully done, like, right, you know? Yeah, like, it's, again, one of those things where they took the original music and they were like, how would this, how did this sound in the minds of the children who were playing it? Yeah. Like, they have the chugga-chugga-chugga noise. It sounds like a cool metal guitar, and then they actually got a metal guitarist to be like, chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga. Yeah. So. But, uh, oh, oh, I'm giving it to Doom Eternal, man. Okay, I am too, actually, because that's the only soundtrack on here that I would listen to on its own. Oh, yeah, and I have. (laughs) Yes, it's so good. Actually, not this one. I've listened to the to the one from the first game a lot because there was actually a, a big controversy with this one a controversy um when they released it like on streaming things like google play and spotify and all that stuff yeah they didn't get mick gordon's like mixes on there mm. they just kind of like threw their own versions on there and only certain songs and Weird. people n- noticed that all the audio was clipped like, like it plays, like, off the spectrum, and so that means they actually cap it wherever it would stop, so all the music is actually clipped all the way through. Strange. So, I think he actually, 
exited from ever doing something for Doom again now, which sucks because he was like the guy. Yeah. And I hope he comes back. Well, shit, they're not doing it live, but he played a song live the year that he won for Doom 1 in 2016. Really? And I was really hoping to get another live Mick Gordon metal performance. That would be incredible. So, uh, I gotta go Doom. I thoroughly enjoyed that soundtrack again. Yes. It was great. Loved it. Uh, best audio design. So this is for the best in-game audio and then sound design overall. Okay. So for this category, we have Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, and The Last of Us Part 2. I think you're going to have a lot more thoughts on this one than I do because, again, I... <clears throat> I don't have experience listening to any of these games. And I know that you extensively played The Last of Us and Doom, so... So, I mean, Doom, I mean, it sounds good. It's, you know, you squishing on stuff and all that. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's nice, Yeah, you know? But, nah. Okay. I would say no. Um, I really wonder if Half-Life Alex could, because it was a VR game, so you kind of have to have that sound that, like, wraps around you. That's true, yeah. It, it is a VR game. Um, Resident Evil 3, if the audio in that was anything like the Resident Evil 2 remake they did, that was phenomenal. They used the, like, binaural audio stuff. Yeah. Like, it for real sounded like sounds were all around you. So if it was the same, that would be a good one. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take a shot in the dark, and okay. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Half Life. All right, then I will go the opposite way and say Resident Evil Three. <laughs> okay, because I just don't know. I do not know. Like I would like to think that it would be The Last of Us, because everything in it does sound really good. Yeah, but it's like best in-game audio, and you're really alone most of the time, just kind of wandering around. That's not so much entrancing, you know. Right. I just I just really want to see if a VR game could do it, so I'm going to shoot my shot. All right. Best performance. This is awarded to an individual for voiceover, acting, motion, and or performance capture. Okay. So. Okay. This is a big category. We have got Ashley Johnson as Ellie. That's from The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Her counterpart, Laura Bailey, as Abby. From The Last of Us. Um, and then for Ghost of Tsushima, there is the lead character. I'm going to try my very best on his name. This is my first time reading it. So it's Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai. That's exactly how I would have said it. Okay. Um, we've also got Logan Cunningham as Hades from the game Hades. And then Naji Jeter as Miles Morales from Spider-Man Miles Morales. Spider-Man Miles Morales. <laughs> Okay, man. Yeah, this is there's there's a lot of performance in these. So, I mean, just the faces that they have chosen for Ellie and Abby. Yeah, like holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would pick Ashley Johnson. Like, I really don't. Really, I don't think so. Well, I mean, like she was good, you know, she was. Ellie, but I can't think of a moment that I was like, wow, you know? Yeah. But I do have that moment for Laura Bailey. Okay. What was the moment? For me, it's all in that final scene. The way she does some of the screams, 
Ellie doesn't do most of those screams. It's Laura Bailey, like when she gets when uh, she's getting stabbed. Uh huh. That scream is ridiculous. Yeah. And then really, the just true despair that's in her voice when Ellie's like, "I'm gonna fight you, and you're gonna fight me back." Yeah. Like I, man, I was I was in those moments because of the way she was about it. I'm just in remembering that scene. I'm over here like clutching my baby carrots. <laughs> Like, I would really think Laura Bailey knocked that shit out of the park. Okay. Uh, Miles Morales is probably great. I mean, he does sound good. I don't know how Jin does in his game just because I haven't played it, so I can't really voice for, like, the last three choices here. But I'm going to go with Laura Bailey. Yeah, this is another category... Where I, <laughs> I haven't played any of these. I've only seen The Last of Us that that final scene, so yeah, I would heavily weight it toward those two women. But I would, I would, re- I just really want to see the actor for Miles Morales win this because that game looks so smooth and so just just wonderful, generally yeah. fantastic. That I think, I think that my vote is going to go for okay that. Like, I just want to know if maybe there's, like, a scene in that that it will, like, blow me away. Because the original Spider-Man game, I I mean, I can think of a moment that I would have given it to the guy that played Spider-Man in that game. Yeah. I mean, there's a mo. I mean, again, like, towards the end there, there, there are several moments where I'm like, what you just poured into that voice is so universal and amazing. You know? Right. Like, I can think of those. And I don't know, because I haven't played this one yet, so I, I don't know if he has some kind of heart-wrenching moment that will do that for me, you know? I'm sure he does. They all do. Every Spider-Man has. <laughs> we'll have to see. So, okay. Interesting. Interesting take. I'm going to go ahead and guess right now, though, that it's really going to be Jin, though. The guy from Ghost. You think so? I do, but I'm going lower Bailey. I think being an open-world game... I I don't know how much mocap goes into those because I mean he's gonna have the, the Kelsey, motion for jump. They motion, motion captured a horse. What for that game? So there was motion capture. And okay, a lot well, of it. Daisuke Suji is not the horse. I assume. No. <laughs> okay. See, man, I wish these would these kind of <clears throat> games would go on sale for Black Friday because I'd play all of them. The next category. This is Games for Impact. Yes. These are these are a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Yeah, so of these ones, again, I'm sad that I don't know these games. I'm going to have to look them up, actually. So You know one, I know I think. two. <laughs> okay. okay. So the first one is called If Found. Uh, second one, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, which I'm not sure what the TV edition is. Um, then we have Spiritfarer. Tell Me Why, and Through the Darkest of Times. Okay. So I'm actually going to have... I'm going to take a moment here and just look these games up because I want to be informed before I make my decision on this. So, If Found... Dot, 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 is a game about searching for connection. Okay. Um, on December 31st, 1993, in the crumbling ruins of a mansion on a kill island, Cassio destroys her diary. That's That's the the intro mm-hmm. so it's from an irish game studio it's an interactive visual novel it's about 
Oh, it's Whoa. about a trans woman. Did you, did you hear that thunder? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. So that that would be I would be interested in checking that one out. Yeah. Um, Kentucky Route Zero. I wanted to play this one, so I I don't know a lot about it, but I know that it has been on my two playlist for some time now. I thought it came um, out. Yeah, it came out in 2013. Well, part one. So I think this is the complete one because it because it released like one episode a year. Oh wow! And it's five like episodes. And so now you have the full game and can finally finish it. Okay, so the Kentucky Route Zero TV edition is for Nintendo Switch, and I think it's just, like, all of the stuff. Yeah. So... Um, from what I understand, what was your game last year that you were really about, that you voted for, for best indie game? That was, um... I, I fucking knew the name of it right until you asked you me. Like, you, like, talked a lot. Yes. Um... Shit! What was the name of the game? Where you're like, you, you play the guy, and it's like this, this fantasy world, and you walk around and you find stuff, and you're you're a detective, but you're a drunk. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna go 2019 Game Awards. It was like Disco Disco Elysium. That's the one. Yes. Yeah, I am understanding that it's got a like Disco Elysium vibes. Okay, I was thinking it had a more like walking simulator vibe about it but i'm I'm not sure so the the tagline for this is those who are already lost may find their way to a secret highway winding through underground caves so this game was conceived in the aftermath of the devastating 2008 recession it's a surreal magical realist adventure game about a secret highway in the caves beneath kentucky yeah i've heard pretty amazing things about it i really really want to play this one it's it's the one that like I keep coming back to. It catches my eye. Now, see, I really want to play Spirit though. Oh, Spirit Yeah, I still haven't brought myself to to buy that one because I know it's going to emotionally wreck me. Taylor uh, played a pretty big chunk of it, actually. So um, my understanding is that it's basically like a farming kind of game, but you're just on a boat. It's like a like an upkeep game, right? Kind of. I mean, you're. You're really trying to do tasks for people, but through through those, like, like you're trying to gain enough re- resources to upgrade your kitchen so that you can make this cake that will progress this person's storyline. Okay, you know? yeah. I'm about and, that. And once you progress their storyline enough, they would then move on to the next phase of life, you know? Okay, yeah. Uh, it opens up, you are actually taking over for, for Karen, who like ferries people across the river sticks from Hades, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I'm retiring. You're in charge now. So okay. these are like Greek spirits kind of things. And you're like moving them to what's after, you know? Yeah. I like that. Um, it's supposed to be good too. I still want to play it, but I know it's kind of long, so I haven't started it. Okay. Uh, now tell me why here says it's by don't nod. And tell that is, why. I believe your life is strange people. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so so tell me why that's is... probably fucked up. Probably. <laughs> yeah. It looks actually pretty similar to Life is Strange. Like the, uh, just looking at just, screenshots just, of it. Yeah, just like the look of it. Very reminiscent of it. And this is the latest and greatest narrative adventure game from the studio behind blah, 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 blah. Yes, yes, yes. What is it about? Unravel a family's secret past and tell me why. 
Yeah, there's nothing written about it. Okay, so it's a story of Allison and Tyler Ronan, two twins who, after a tragic accident, have to be separated at a young age. Okay. Okay. Uh, the reviews on it are pretty mixed. So some audience members are like, I wanted it to be more like Life is Strange. And then some people are like, damn. I'm glad it's not. This is deep. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So that's cool. Now we get through the darkest times. Through it darkest. says that it is a historical resistance strategy game focusing what? on conveying the somber mood of the period and very real struggles of average people living in the Third Reich. Oh, Holy fuck. shit. That is the darkest times. That is a heavy sounding game. Wow, Richard would love this game, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you need to show him this. He loves it looks intense. things. Um, this, the look of this one kind of reminds me of Papers, Please. Yeah. Um, but the theme of it reminds me of, what is the name? This War of Mine. Have you ever played that game? No. It's depressing as fuck, dude. You're basically just like surviving a war in some kind of like Slavic country and you have to make decisions where like you see a girl and she's holding a can of food. You could probably take her. She's small and you're starving. Do you let her have the food or do you fucking kill her? So, uh, yeah, it it looks reminiscent of that. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm still probably just going to vote for my favorite. Okay. I'm going to go spirit fair. Yeah, I'm going to say Kentucky Route Zero just because it's so long in in the making since 2013. Yeah. And I feel like now that it's complete and in one edition, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, people were about it. Now, best ongoing. Yes. This is awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Okay. So for this one, Apex Legends, okay. okay, Destiny 2, yep, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. I'm going to go ahead and just shoot it out there real quick. Okay. Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> it's, it's a likely because, guess. Well, they've done a lot to fix that mode up. Like, you hear about changes they're making to it all the time, like, in response to the people. Yeah. So I feel like because it's been so responsive to the fan base, that might be a win for them. Okay. Because um, I think for content, shit, I mean, I'd probably go Destiny. That's my guess, yeah. That's my pick is Destiny because they keep okay. churning it out and they have just new stuff all the damn time. I mean, they really just dropped something last week. Yeah. Like this giant new update, so... Yeah, I think that would be a great one, but I just feel like Warzone has just been doing a lot that's been noticed, so I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Now, best indie. Yes. Okay, these are actually some games that I have played. Yeah, I recognize all of these games. So, this is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Okay. Which, by the way, we just bought and played Untitled Goose Game. Oh my god, did you finish it? Yeah, it was fantastic. Wasn't the end so satisfying? We loved it. I cried. Like, I don't know oh why. My god. <laughs> like, he brings the bell back and you're like, 
He has so many bells. I'm so happy. He's just going to do it again tomorrow. Oh my god. That game touched my soul in a way that I did not know it needed to be touched. So, Um, give us these (laughs) lovely nominees. Yes. Okay. So, best indie game. We have Carrion, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer. So I have a deserves versus who will win. Okay. <laughs> I, I think we're going to have the exact same answer for this. So do you feel like Spirit Fair deserves this one? No. Oh, okay. No, I do not. I think it's very cool and I like it. I, I think Hades deserves this. Okay. I think it's so cool and unique. But I mean, Spirit Fair is too, but it's just got more to grab you. Yeah. With- Hades. I just think it's awesome. But do we both think that Fall Guys is going to win is this gonna one? Is going to win? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it that was, was a so... Big deal. It was so popular that how could they not give it to Fall Guys? I mean, kind of. It was such a flash-in-the-pan thing, though, right? Like, it was, it was like, instantly popular for roughly three weeks, and then people were just like, we're done. It's over. Yeah. Like, it was good, though. Yeah. I mean, they did keep updating it, and there's still new stuff going on with it. Yeah, there's still streamers that play it, so... Um, I honestly would have thought that Spelunky would be bigger, because people love the first one. I really, really love Spelunky, but I See, never even I didn't got like remotely close to beating Spelunky 1, so I, I feel like it's one of those games where... It, it's kind of like Super Meat Boy for me because I can play Super Meat Boy for roughly 30 minutes. Then I get so mind-bogglingly frustrated that I'm like, I can no longer play this. And I put it down for three years before I pick it up again. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my opinion on Spelunky 1. I think Spelunky 2 is just more of the same, perhaps more difficult versions of the same. Yeah. Um, I I really want to play Carrion. I think that game looks very cool. You basically... Um, I did start playing it, actually. Did you? Okay. So, from my understanding, it's basically like you are the monster and you're kind of taking over this factory. Kind it's, of? It's like Alien, but you're the alien. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... It got boring fast. Oh, really? Like, it did. Because there's no map in it, so unless you're remembering every single place you've been to... It's kind of hard to know where to go. Okay. And there's no help. So I kind of was like, yeah, I'm lost and I don't know where to go. So I'm done. Yeah. And just kind of quit playing it. So who's your who's your yeah. final pick on this one? Oh, it's Fall Guys for sure. I can't decide if I want to say Fall Guys or if I want to go with Hades, the underdog. I'm sticking with Fall Guys. Because I think you're right that Hades does deserve it. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Hades. Okay, I'll change it. Now we got best mobile game. Okay. Do you want to do a mobile game? I mean, do you play a lot of mobile games? I mean, I can pick the winner just by looking at this. (laughs) Yeah. So the category best mobile game obviously is the best game playable on a mobile device. Um, They have Pokemon Cafe Mix, Legends of Runeterra, Genshin Impact, Call of Duty Mobile, and Among Us. Which, if you've been paying attention to the gaming world... Among Us is kind of a big deal right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Uh, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> okay, I, I I, played this game for a couple of minutes before when I reviewed this. I had played it like a few rounds and I was like, I don't get it. 
and I don't like it. And I thought maybe, maybe I didn't give it the fair shake that it deserved. So I sat down with some friends and I played that shit for two hours, <laughs> two hours. <laughs> God, I, I okay. didn't, I, the whole time my heart rate was so high that, <laughs> that I couldn't focus on anything. Like when you're, when you're just doing tasks, it's so mind-numbingly boring. You just walk around and then like, oh, I got killed. Great. Okay, I'm dead now. I don't want to fucking do tasks for these people because they got killed. So I'm not going to yeah. do tasks as a ghost. And then when you're the murderer, you have to just like walk around and pretend you're trying to do tasks, but there are no tasks for you to do because you're a murderer. And the vents are hard to travel between. And then people are looking at you. And then you have to corner people and kill them. And it's very hard. And there are timers. And it, it's just yeah. my, I. It was one of the... Ugh. I can't. I cannot with this game. I do not like it. I get the appeal. I understand that people will like this game for the reason that they like, I don't know. Anything else. Yeah. It's just, it's just fun for now. I'm not knocking it. I know that people love it and I, it's cool. That's fine. It is not for me. I hate this game. (laughs) I mean, to me, it's like, it's a fun in the moment. Like the game's not what's fun. Because I played it. experience? Yeah, because I played it, and what I remember is not the game. It was in the lobby. I was sitting in the lobby, and everybody was all like, hey, we should all wear pumpkin hats. (laughs) And I go, okay. So we put on pumpkin hats, and then every time somebody new would join the room, they would go, pumpkin hats or you're getting kicked. Yeah. And the guy didn't put on the hat, so they kicked him from the room. And it was the funniest <laughs> shit ever. And then we all wore pumpkin hats, and then we played the game. And that's what I remember. That's beautiful. I mean, it's cool things like that about video games that bring us together. But yeah, but I hate this game. <laughs> okay, um, next category we have best community support, which is for recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates slash patches. So, the nominees for this category, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Valorant. I want to say that I think Destiny 2 is going to get this because I just think the community is so... This is hard to say. So, it's recognized a game for outstanding community support. Is that from the game developers themselves? Is that what this is? Yes. Okay. Because Destiny so. 2, I don't think, gets a lot of support from Bungie, but they, the community itself is so helpful. I mean, you know? so what what does it say underneath that one again? Recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates slash patches. Yeah, so it's stuff from the publisher itself. Okay, yeah. So for that, I'm going to say that I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, I don't know because I haven't really heard a lot from this stuff lately. Yeah. I can't think of like, like, I've heard nothing about Apex this year. Yeah, that's that's the thing for me too. Like like, Valorant, New People, Fortnite, Apex. Those are all, they're all just games that have been around for several years now and i mean i d- i've stopped paying attention to them you know what i'm gonna give it to valorant because i actually have heard about that more often this year than any of the rest really 
Yes, I'm gonna give it to them. Okay. Like, I think I'm gonna it go... It kind of spiked on Twitch and stuff, so... I'm gonna go with Destiny 2, just for the fact that I know they had a recent update, yeah. and that is going to be, I don't know, impactful for this category. Okay. Um, okay, so next one is Best VRAR. So this is Best Game Experience Playable in Virtual or Augmented Reality. Okay, and this is across all platforms. Okay. Yes. So for this one, we've got Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Walking Dead Sinners and Saints. Saints and Sinners. Half-Life. Yeah. <laughs> Half-Life, because people have have said it's basically showing you that a VR game can actually be a full game. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I've heard about it. And I mean, it's it's Half-Life. It's, it's going yeah. to be yeah. impressive and taking the cake. Like, Iron Man was supposedly very cool, but it's still short. And I feel like people are going to be like, but Half-Life was like a full game. That's amazing. Yeah, I think Squadrons also has a chance because it's, you know, it's a, it's a flying thing and those are all very cool in VR, but yeah. I think Half-Life is definitely going to take it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so next category is one that I'm also kind of unfamiliar with and would like to perhaps do a little research. So, Innovation in Accessibility. So, this is recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. Yes. So this is very cool and something that I think needs to happen more. I'm going to say The Last of Us Part 2. Okay. <laughs> because so. they added so many. You can fine-tune this game to be so much based on what you can and can't do. Really? They added, like... So they had a page in Uncharted 4 that had, like, maybe three things to toggle. The yeah. Last of Us had, like, 30. Whoa. <laughs> like, they opened up this whole suite of things to make it accessible in, like, virtually every way. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with that one. So, the nominees for this category. <laughs> we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyperdot, Last of Us Part Two, and Watch Dogs Legion. Um, the only other one of these that I have heard of is Grounded, which... I know their main thing for accessibility was like if you have a phobia of spiders because <laughs> the so the, the premise of Grounded is basically Honey I Shrunk the Kids but a video game so yeah you're you're a kid but you're very very small and you're fighting insects so the spiders come at you and they're real big and scary but they have like an arachnophobia settings where you can be like no spiders please yeah um yeah the rest of these I I do not know enough about so i'm kind of curious to see what hyperdot is hyperdot video game accessibility okay. while you do that i'll see what like watchdog says okay so the accessibility in hyperdot hyperdot is a minimal action arcade game with one rule dodge everything it's fiendishly difficult um so the creator, solo developer Charles McGregor, he says that he didn't start HyperDot with accessibility in mind, but he stumbled into it at first and then decided to double down and turn HyperDot into a title that's incidentally accessible into one that's purposely accessible. Okay. So, 
I guess he created the game almost with accessibility in mind. Yeah. So that could be a strong front runner. See, that might be good because, like, I'm looking up uh, the Watch Dogs one, and it's basically just saying that all the controls are customizable, and then a lot of the same things that The Last of Us had. Okay. It's just saying there's, like, aim assist, aim lock on stuff, uh, hints for different puzzles, a ping feature. Like, it's just things that you can do in the game to make it easier, like for colorblindness and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. That's cool. So it's really similar to The Last of Us' stuff. Alright. And then the Assassin's Creed one? I would imagine it's the same type of stuff. Probably. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Hyperdot for this one just I from mean, reading this article. <laughs> that actually sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds like they they really like like he says, doubled down on accessibility. So they actually changed research into accessibility based on how this game was developed. Well, uh, Assassin's Creed is made by the same people as Watch Dogs, so it looks to be, like, all about the same stuff. Okay. It's just changing different difficulties, just making things easier on the player like that. Yeah, I think that's important, too. Like, of course, it's important to be able to have people who have disabilities, such as colorblindness or anything, really, to be able to play a game, but for somebody even who just has anxiety about quit time events to be able to turn those off or to make them better, you know? Yeah. That, that's very cool. That's a, like, a fun development. That's, that's one of the things in, like, The Last of Us and Uncharted, if, like, you're having, like, lift a car off of you, right? Mm-hmm. You can, like, tap the button really, really fast, or they make it to where you can just hold it down. Ah. You know? So stuff like that. Yeah. Alright, so you're going hyper dot. I'm gonna go ahead and keep the last of us just just to see. Okay. <clears throat> okay. What is next? Okay, so now we're getting into like the best ofs. So this one is gonna be the best action game. So this is for the best game focused primarily on combat. Okay. Oh well then <laughs> I know what I'm picking. Yeah. So well actually I'm surprised by these. Uh so the nominees are Doom Eternal, Hades. Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, N-I-O-H 2, yes. okay, and then Streets of Rage 4. Streets I, of Rage 4 was great, but no. I expected to see um, The Last of Us in here because that, well, I guess it's not primarily on combat, right? Yeah. Because you can really. stealth. Yeah, so I actually was going to say Streets of Rage 4 based on just what we have here because it's the only one that's kind of like... I don't know, fighter E. <laughs> I mean, it's just a beat em up. Yeah, know? that's the whole premise of the game. I would go Doom. Okay. Because they made it to where the simple act of the different things that you do to engage in the combat also, like, rebuild you and refuel you at the same time. So, okay. it, like, you need to get into the action to even survive. Yeah. Like, it was a cool take on it. So, I'm going to do that one. Because that action was great. <laughs> so, you're going Streets of Rage? Yes. I appreciate that. Because I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Okay, so next one is Best Action Slash Adventure. So, that's difference is it is combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Yes. So in this category, we do see The Last of Us Part 2. We also see the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, 
Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ghost of Tsushima, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. If Star Wars had been in there last year, I would have went for it. But now that it's up against these, yeah. I'm like, you lose now. I really think that The Last of Us probably deserves to win this because they had like some innovative combat in there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like in terms of combining the traversal with the combat, The Last of Us is going to take this one. Yeah, because the whole point was you could move in so many new ways that you couldn't before. Right. You know? I mean, I'm I'm going to pick that too, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Best role-playing game. So this is for the best game designed with rich character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Okay. So we had the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm going to pick Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yes, me too. <laughs> because they totally changed up the formula of what that game was to begin with to be this type of game. Yes. Have you even played these games? Um, I've watched Richard play them, and whenever he, <laughs> whenever he has to do like uh, a UFO clock catcher machine, uh-huh. he calls me and he gets like, it to you. That's hilarious. Because I'm so good at them. Persona 5 was a game that came out last year, and this is just, like, the remix version. Yeah. Like, with more stuff, so I don't want to go with that. <laughs> I think Final Fantasy is amazing in how they did it, but it's, like, I mean, it's probably just okay, you know? Yeah. Yakuza was just, I mean, it completely changed what its own gameplay was. And it's kind of mocking the role-playing thing and really playing with it in a new way. Right. It's not It's not really falling into role-playing per se. So I like that one. Yes, I agree. I feel like this year they have... There's just... There were fewer games that came out in 2020. So they kind of... That's why we're seeing so many of, like, yeah. remakes and just retoolings and compendiums, you know? Yeah. There weren't a lot of unique titles to 2020 for obvious reasons. Okay, next game category is Best Fighting Game. This is for games designed primarily around head-to-head combat. So tell me the difference between this category and the action game, because I thought that Streets of Rage would be considered a fighting game. What is, but it's not head-to- like, like you're not really fighting- another person like these are like fighter games okay like it's you versus me okay and streets of rage was you versus the game yeah okay so in this category we have grand blue fantasy versus uh, mortal Kombat 11 ultimate street fighter 5 champion edition one punch man a hero nobody knows under night in birth exe late clr what is this that's how they name them. Okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat, all the way. That's the only one of these that I really recognize, aside from Street Fighter Five. So, well, Mortal Kombat Eleven has just been doing things amazing. Okay. It's got great gameplay. They're adding in so much good stuff. I think it's one of the best fighters to come out in a while. Yeah, I would totally give it to that one. Agree, just based on these screenshots alone. (laughs) Me and RoboCop agree. Okay. 
All right, here we go. Best family game. For the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. Sorry, I just copped your title there. Yeah, it's okay. All right. So, um, well, fine then. I'm going to steal yours. Okay. We got Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Fall Guys, Mario Kart Live, so the one where you're, like, actually racing real RC cars in your house, but seeing it on the Switch as if you were playing, like, the game there. It's just wild to me. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons, and then Paper Mario, The Origami King. Okay. I love this category because there's so many good things in here. So, best family game? I think I know. So, I'm torn. I am... I love Paper Mario, but I don't think it's going to take this category. Paper Mario? Paper Mario. Oh, gross. You're (laughs) one of those people. Um, I think that this one is firmly going to fall either on Minecraft Dungeons or Animal Crossing. Okay. Because Lord knows Animal Crossing is the one thing holding this year together. (laughs) Yeah. But I have seen my husband play Minecraft Dungeons with his parents every single Sunday since it released. Oh my god. Okay. I think that man is that gonna push it over for you i don't know so well it says for the best appropriate for family play the best game appropriate for family play i think truly if animal crossing is not appropriate for family play then what is because you see so many things like heartwarming little pictures on instagram and whatnot of like my daughter came to my island and we're wearing the same outfit on accident how adorable yeah so, yeah, I, th- I think that my vote is going to fall on Animal Crossing. Oh, I'm Animal Crossing all the way. 100%. Yeah. I mean, not only is pa- it bridging generations. Paper Mario killed a bomb. <laughs> not appropriate for family to play. Yeah, I think... I do not um, agree. Animal Crossing is... It, it bridges the gap between parent and child, but also sibling to sibling. Yeah. It's time. I mean, I, I, I actually have my mom playing it, so... Yeah. You know. See? Animal Crossing's fun for the whole damn family, you guys. Yeah. Okay, next category. Best sim or strategy. So, this is a game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay, regardless of platform. Okay. Um, so, this one, we've got Crusader Kings 3, which Richard plays obsessively. And it is so loud, and the music is so operatic. Sometimes I'll just be in bed, and I just hear this, like, I'm like, oh, there's Crusader Kings. Um, So there's that one. Uh, Desperados 3, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator, or XCOM Chimera Squad. So based on word of mouth and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Flight Simulator. Absolutely. It is incredible. Yeah, they supposedly, I mean, it's like the real world down there. Yes. Like, to scale. It's to scale. You can visit, like, it's it's based on Google Maps, so you can, like, land on your street. It is, it works off the weather, so it knows, like, it's raining outside right now. If we were to fly Microsoft Flight Simulator here right now, it would be raining, and it would look exactly like it looks right now. 
That's crazy. It's crazy. It's creepy. It's fucking cool. There are storm chasers flying airplanes around chasing real life storms that are actually happening, like hurricanes that are going over the Gulf and shit. I'm like, what are you doing? That's amazing. God. Yeah. Like, that's, that's amazing. Fucking incredible. Okay. Best sports slash racing. This is our favorite category. You and I, you and I are so much into sports and racing. Oh, yeah. Would you like to read the the details on this one? (laughs) Yeah. This is for best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing. Ah, look at there. Okay. Uh, So we got Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21. 2K21? Yeah. And then my favorite of this category, Tony Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. So I just like that the description is basically like defining a word with the word. <laughs> sports and racing. Um, you know, the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing. Um, Tony Hawk. Yeah, Tony Hawk. Like, hands down. It was amazing. People loved it again. Like, yeah. I don't know what Dirt 5 is, but apparently Dirt's 1 through and 4 were just not good enough. Um, I mean, it's just like Gran Turismo. It's just racing more like circuit cars. Okay. Like cars just made to race in the dirt. All right. Dirt. I mean, it's just racing. Okay. Best multiplayer. For outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and MMO experiences, regardless of platform. This category, we have Animal Crossing New Horizons. Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. This is such a wide array of things. Yeah. This is kind of difficult to narrow down. I say no Fall Guys. Really? Because there's not really a co-op aspect, so I'm trying to think of how... Because, I mean, it's more of a massive multiplayer experience to me. Yeah. But there's no co-op side, and this is including that. Like, I'm trying to figure it out, like, all together. What has the whole package? Okay, yeah. I think I can cross Animal Crossing off this list because it's... Well, it's hard to say because... In a way, but... It's multiplayer in the way that you can visit other people's islands, but you're not working toward a goal together. Yeah. So far, we haven't kicked any off that I would think would be the winner. Uh, so, I don't think Among Us would win either. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning toward Valorant here because it's just when you think of multiplayer online games, for me personally, of course, I think of Overwatch, Fortnite, and now Valorant because it's up there among those. Okay. Then I'm going to take the one that I initially went for and I'm going to go with Warzone. Okay. Because it is a massively multiplayer, because it's, you know, a big uh, battle royale, but you also got, like, your, like, two teams and three teams, and you can work, you know, cooperatively as well. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with that one. Okay. Okay, so we're skipping over the esports categories, because we don't watch a lot of esports here on the podcast, but uh, they're out there on the website if you guys want to check them out. Uh, So next category we've got up is Best Debut Game. This is for the best debut game created by a new independent studio, okay. such as uh, Untitled Goose Game was last yes. year. Okay, so for this one, I'm going to read the game and the studio, actually. So 
First one is Carrion by Phobia Game Studio slash Devolver. Um, Mortal Shell by Cold Symmetry slash Playstack. Fragi and Ancient Epic by Nodding Heads Games. Mm-hmm. What is this one? Rookie? I guess it's got Rookie? an umlaut. Yeah. Rookie by Polygon Treehouse. Or Phasmophobia by Kinetic Games. I would like to say Carrion because it was interesting. Uh-huh. But it's not the best game, you know? Okay. I think it was a good take. Raji looks very interesting, but really, and I've heard a lot about Mortal Shell, but you have played Phasmophobia. Yeah. And I'm going to pick that one. Are you? Because okay. you've had a lot to say about it. Yeah. Like, I just, I really like it. It's a lot of fun. And... I think that they're going to continue to develop it and release new patches and just have... you know what? That's going to be yours, and you've actually played it. I'm going to go with Mortal Shell and see what happens. Okay. Because I've heard a lot about that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think Phasmophobia is a strong runner here. I mean, I didn't know that this was the studio's first game, so I'm... Oh, well, see, there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. I think that's very cool. It's unique. It's so much fun. I really recommend it. It's, It's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, so now on to the big one. On to the big one, the fat one, the one you've all Here been waiting we go. for. Game of the year. Game of the year. Here we go. It is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Absolute Fuck. best. Because... The one I was going to pick, I don't think falls into that category. Oh. Like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really say that. Okay. When I, when I, when I think about it. So let's read the nominees here. So we have Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, or The Last of Us Part Two. So I'll go ahead and do a, who do you think should win? Okay. Who will win? All right. Who do you think should win this? I have the same answer for both. Okay. And my what answer is, is Animal Crossing New Horizons. I think Animal Crossing New Horizons should win. Okay. But I think Ghost of Tsushima will take it. Really? All right. I just like, think I want Animal Crossing to win because to me game of the year meant what game had the most impact yeah. across the whole world. Yes. And it was Animal Crossing. They sold out of Nintendo Switches because of Animal Crossing. Multiple times. Several times. And like you said, Nintendo yeah. continues to work on this game, make it better, listen to the community, providing new stuff, new patches, new content. They're putting their all into this game, and they're going to continue to do that for years to come. So yeah. I think that this one is truly the game of 2020. Like, Doom Eternal. Kelsey, great game. Uh-huh. Loved it. It was more Doom. Yeah. Can I say it was the game of the year? Like, it was just Doom, you know? Yeah. The Last of Us was a great game. But it was just a really good game. You know? Yeah. Like, like it, it, it didn't really change anything around the world, you know? Final Fantasy, same thing. Ghost of Tsushima, it's just got people in a buzz, and I think that's why it'll win. Okay. Because it's just a buzzworthy game. 
Hades isn't really... I mean, I just I just like Hades. I would love to see Hades take it, but it won't. But Animal Crossing, to me, I mean, like you just said, it brought 2020... I think it's the one thing that kept 2020 from completely falling apart. It is the duct tape that is holding our society together at the moment. Just <laughs> name a person that hasn't heard of it. Doesn't right. know what it is. I can barely name a person who hasn't played it. I know. It brought so many people together. It brought so much creativity to people. I mean, it it literally changed the world around itself. Yes. None of these other games to me did that. Right. It should be Animal Crossing. In all respects. Now, you read that line, and it says delivers the best experience across all creative and technical fields. It does not. Yeah. Hands down, does not. Yeah. So, in that respect, shouldn't be Animal Crossing. (laughs) But I would like it to be. I'm going to give it to Ghost, because I think... They will give it to Ghost. Okay. So there you have it. And there it is. All of the Game Awards. We've laid it out on the table for you. One tiny, several-hour, bite-sized thing. I would like to hear uh, everyone else's thoughts, particularly on the Game of the Year. Do you think that Animal Crossing deserves it? Do you think Ghost of Tsushima deserves it? Do you think anything else in this category does? Do you think something that wasn't named was overlooked? Oh, yeah, that would be a good one. I'm curious to hear what you guys think should be game of the year. Totally. Send us your picks, your thoughts, a game that meant so much to you. Yeah. Tell us what gaming means to you gamers. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like this has been honest a year for gaming because what the fuck else are we doing? So I think, um, games definitely saw, more people this year than they would have otherwise like animal crossing i don't think would have had nearly as much success if it wasn't for the success of the coronavirus so no definitely not um yeah i think i'm I'm just curious to hear how how games have impacted you guys this year yeah you ready to do this ready to do this here we go guys please tell your friends about us and while you're telling them hey are you guys gonna watch the game awards Hey, I just listened to a podcast that went down every single thing about them. And tell them all about us. And then they can subscribe to us so they can hear us every single Monday. Just like you do. That's how you heard about us. And if you and then your buddy like us, make sure you go out to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rate and review. That would help us out so much. Yes, please. And while you're out there, you can find us and friend us on the social medias. We are at YMBTOAP on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our channels on YouTube and Twitch. We're doing so many things on those channels. Um, And also, like I was just saying, you can email us anything you want. Um, Like Robert said at the top of the show, if you guys are going through something, let us know. Email us, YMBTOAP at gmail.com. We want your listener mail. We want to be here for you as your podcasting friends. And... Because this is coming out, technically, after Thanksgiving. Damn, I should have done this last episode, I guess. But I just want to say thanks. <laughs> I'm really appreciative of, like, I don't know. Just what... thanks to everyone in our little bubble here. Yeah, thank you guys for just being the real ones. We're just happy to have good friends who listen to this podcast. And I'm thankful for you, Robert, as my co-host. And I'm thankful for you as my co-host. 
I'm thankful to all of you guys for giving us kind of a reason to keep coming back and doing it. Yes. Like, we love interacting with you guys, so we want to thank each and every one of you for every download, every comment, everything you do. It really keeps us motivated to keep this going for you. Absolutely. And don't forget, our theme song is The Grim Reaper Blows the Horn by Farage. Please check him out on YouTube. Give him a bunch of thanks. Say thank you for this beautiful music. We love it. And as always, thanks again for listening, and tune in next time to get the answer to that burning question. Is Ghost going to sweep the categories all the way down, or Animal Crossing? It's only going to be one of the two. That's true. one more important sound we wanted you to hear oh man so taylor said there's four gray hairs in my soul patch now oh man going up in in years but no it's like only the soul patch it's not in anything else it's only in in that concentrated area yeah it's just in these right here it's gonna go fully white that's gonna be weird yeah i'm gonna have to get rid of it shave the soul patch just dye your soul patch i guess yeah